Welcome to the podcast of Azel Christian Church. We are a Disciples of Christ Church community in Azel, Texas. We invite everyone to be who you are with us, the doubting, the believing, the wondering, and everything in between. On this podcast, you'll hear our pastor, Reverend Ashley Dargai, preach on how the expansive and generative love of God is seen through Jesus, the prophets, the early church, and the faith forebears, and how this love helps us care for the world more deeply and faithfully. Sometimes it's messy and tough, but it's good news, and it is for you. Our text for today is from Luke 5, and it's on the back of your bulletin if you'd like to follow along. Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. And then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, teacher, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will fish among humankind. And when they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The year is 1979. Kind of feel like Sophia from Golden Girls. Picture it, Sicily. The year is 1979. It's been 10 years since humans first walked on the moon. And somewhere deep below the ocean's surface, a quarter mile to be exact, a woman is walking on the ocean floor for the very first time in her iron scuba suit, underneath 600 pounds of pressure per square inch, she explores the inner space of Earth, something that does not draw the same attention as the exploration of outer space a decade ago. Her name is Sylvia Earle, experienced oceanographer, also known as her deepness. Today, she is 86 years old, and she still dives deep into the ocean to see the mystery that the depth holds, to explore the miraculous things that we have only known since her first ocean floor stroll. That the ocean is alive, every spoonful a living system, from the largest whale to the tiny, most submicroscopic particles. And this living organism keeps us land dwellers alive. 
What Sylvia knows firsthand, we only know through tales of divers and scientific instruments able to withstand the immense pressure of the deep ocean. That way down below where sunlight cannot reach, the creatures have found a different way to see. Whether they have some kind of luminescent feature to their bodies or they navigate the waterscape through sound waves and pressure changes, they possess a knowledge of navigating the bottom dimension of the earth that those of us who live above the surface do not have. There is a beauty and wildness that is hidden from us way down in the deep water where life is lived much differently than we know it. As billionaires scheme to be the next rocket man, 95% of the ocean depths remain unexplored. And maybe the draw upward has something to do with our language, right? We want to be uplifted, but not in over our head. We want a higher love, as Whitney Houston sang, but we don't want to feel down or in the pits. There is a natural linguistically deterrent or linguistic deterrent to plunging below and hunkering down and exploring the mystery of the expanse beneath our feet. But on the ocean floor, Sylvia found not only creatures who had learned to see, but she also found a landscape previously unknown to humans and a history that our minds cannot even fathom. Before ocean walkers came to be, when submarines could only go a little way down, we did not know about the vast mountain ranges in the oceans or the volcanoes harboring material energy. And now we realize it's not just rocks and sands for little crabs to pilfer, but there is an entire geography of life that graces the ocean floor. And speaking of crabs, those little critters reveal a history of 300 million years. They're scuttling, projecting an evolutionary resilience that we can't even comprehend with our finite brains. But even before we knew the little we know about what lives beneath the light, we humans have been rightfully fearful of the sea. The god of the sea, Poseidon, dreamed up by ancient Greeks, was tempestuous and moody ready to swallow whole boats whole. And the dark waters have played a role in our faith. God hovered over the waters in the beginning, creative brooding, bringing life to the world. And the primordial sea appears in the Hebrew scriptures as a symbol of chaos and the unknown. Even though we have not always known what lies beneath in the deep waters, we have recognized that there is a mystery to them. And it is into the deep waters that we go together now. In our story today, Simon, Peter, and company had been fishing all night like they do every night. And they had come up with nothing. They had put in back-breaking, callous-forming, skin-searing work with very little to show for it. And as dawn began to break, they were likely looking forward to docking their boat, changing into fresh clothes, and eating breakfast before getting some sleep. But then along came Jesus, the miracle-working preacher who had recently healed Simon Peter's mother-in-law and had earned a reputation for his teachings. 
imagine Simon's weariness as he saw Jesus, the carpenter turned prophet who knew more about building a boat than loading it up with fish. But before he could say anything like, not today, Jesus, Jesus tells them to put their nets down one more time in the deep water. Part protest, part polite compliance, Simon replies, we've been doing that all night and have caught nothing. But if you say so, I I guess we'll do it just this once. Well, we know how this story goes. To everyone's surprise, the deep water yielded so many fish that the nets threatened to break, the boats threatened to sink, and backup was called to contend with all they caught. Emptiness turns to epiphany, and Simon Peter falls to his knees and says, Stay far away from me, Jesus. I am not worthy of this miracle. But Jesus gives him a holy, holy, holy calling. Get up. For from now on, you will be casting your net on the shore among humans. From holes in the net to holiness in the call, Simon Peter and also James and John drop everything and follow Jesus into the end. I wonder about our own weariness the kind that comes from carrying on faithful, ordinary work, the kind we've been trained to do, the kind we have known for so long. I wonder what we see on the horizon as dawn breaks, as our muscles ache, as our stomach grumbles. What do we see when we look up today from our work, from our modest yield, from our discouraging results. If it's Jesus, we see, the one who has such a strange relationship with water, he both seems to walk on it and also allows himself to be dipped underneath like the rest of us. If it's Jesus we see, will we hastily put away our nets, hoping he will get the hint that we're done? Thank you very much. And we're heading back to our cozy homes and regularly scheduled programming. Or might we look at the nets anew, the holes making labyrinths on our palms, inviting us to try one more time, this time in the deep water, the dark conduit of mystery and peculiarity. I wonder if in our long obedience in the same direction, in our faithful attention to the winds and the smell of the changing tides, we might discover strange, abundant life, unable to be contained by what we have prepared. I wonder if we might encounter an entirely new landscape, a new geography of faith, similar to what we have known, but able to thrive in places we previously thought were dead. I wonder if we just might come across new ways of seeing, evolving to our circumstances, and learning from ones that might appear like aliens before us.
I don't know what we'll find in the deep water. That's part of the faith required for casting our nets one more time. But I think we've gathered a few boats together and we can help each other with whatever comes up. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Azel Christian Church podcast. Azel Christian Church exists to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ through meaningful liturgy during worship, a public witness through outreach in the community, the nurturing of the spiritual life of every age group, and the witness of each member through discipleship, baptism, and the sharing of resources. To support this podcast and the ministries of Azel Christian Church, visit azelchristianchurch.org. Here you can contribute through giving online or find our Venmo information. If you're looking for a church or simply want to talk to one of our ministers, contact us through our website and we will be in touch. Talk to you soon.